Thank you for joining us for Working Through the Word, a ministry of the Richmond Church of Christ. Let's join our pulpit minister, Mike Johnson, as he brings today's lesson. Okay, we're going to have a third session of Sunday Night Sit-Down with Preacher Mike. Now, the first time I was down there and I saw people doing this, so I moved up here. Moved up here last week and nobody said thank you for me not having to do this. So I don't know which is better, but I'll stay here for now and talk a little bit. Open up your passage to 1 Thessalonians 5. We're going to continue this theme of thankfulness. And what I want to do is pick out the phrase right in the middle of the section and then go into the thing deeply and close with a very practical look at how we can do this. As I said this morning, it's real easy to tell someone to be thankful. It's real simple, but it's just not always easy to do. And then you come across this passage and it says, in everything give thanks. So I'm supposed to figure out every single time in life how to be thankful for whatever is going on. So we need to figure out how to do that. How can we practice that? What are some ways that we can learn to be thankful in every situation? I want to include verses uh, starting back in verse 14 through that 22. And uh, I want to look at it in reverse order. I want to go down to the third section, then hit the second one, and then come back to the first one to close. Because it builds in a way that I want you to see what's going on here. In the first place, I want to take that phrase, in everything give thanks. And I want to look at the, the part that says thanks. Now, thanks is so close to thinking. You can't be thankful unless you are a thoughtful person. You've got to think about it. And so the thinking part of the thanks, it's what's in the mind. Look at verses uh, 19 through 22. And I want you to notice the three levels of things to think about when we are being the people of God. Now, I lay this out for you because I don't know that I've ever seen this in this way. So tell me what you think about it. Number one, do not quench the spirit. I would say that's the personal conscience level. That's me in my life. There are, when I am looking at life and I am trying to figure out how to deal with things, that's that personal level. That's that inner striving. That's what we might call the conscience or the inner voice trained by God that says, this is what I need to do. That's why we all get it. We're supposed to be thankful people because there's something inside of us that just tells us that. Of course, part of that is the fact that we grew up with parents who always reminded us to be thankful. That's part of it. It's in the back of our heads. But that's okay. It's a part of that personal conscience level. Number two, then, there's a God level. Now look at this in the middle of that section. Do not despise prophecies. Test all things. Hold fast what is good. That's the God level. 
The God level includes two things. One, prophecy. In a miraculous way, God worked with his people and he told them things. And so he's telling these people, don't despise that. Don't turn away from it. You better listen to what I'm telling you. Well, God's not working that way anymore. So the God level today includes his word. Test all things, hold fast what is good. So the God level says, I, I have it in my head. That's the personal level. Then there's the God level. And for me, what I have to do is open Scripture. Now I'm testing it. I'm looking at it. I'm comparing it to Scripture to figure out what I'm supposed to do. Well, in our subject, the Bible tells me to be thankful. The Bible says, be, have a life of thanksgiving. Therefore, that's God telling me what I need to do. Then there's third, the universal level. Abstain from every form of evil. That's the level that we've been talking about in Sunday morning class uh, the last couple of weeks. The big L law versus the little L law. The big L law is the moral law that's inside of every single person. Everybody knows, no matter who you are and where you are, everybody knows that there is something right and there is something wrong. I mentioned this morning about that it was a documentary, but it was the 2020 special last Friday on the Turpin Girls in California. And I finished it this afternoon. In the place in which they were living, it was so bad that they didn't know anything about real life. They, they couldn't even, they've never talked to a stranger in their entire life. And the one girl the oldest of the family was 30 years old and had never talked to a stranger in her entire life. They were shackled in their homes. They all had chains chained to their beds. All kinds of things going on. But the two who were on the show just kept alluding to the fact that they just knew this is not right. There's just something in the back of their heads that was telling them this can't be right. Is this how everybody lives? Well, no, but, but they didn't have any other experience. It was purely phenomenal. There's that universal level. It's a, it's a sense that everybody has. Not that they understand the particulars of what's right and wrong, but that they all admit that there is such a thing as right and wrong. And there's that other level that includes everybody. So the levels of which we, we use to think about things includes everybody. It includes God with everybody through His Word. And then it includes God with me through His Word and His Spirit. So that's the thought part. I give thanks because I think about these things and I know these things. Number two, here's what I'm to give. Look at verse 15. No matter what's going on in life, don't, don't give evil back to somebody. I don't care what's going on. In this text where it's talking about in everything give thanks, we're going to look at the bad times. But the first point is, don't ever then turn right around and give evil. How can I be a thankful person if I return evil to someone who has done something evil to me? That takes away from a thankful heart. That 
That makes me have an angry heart. That makes me have contempt. That makes me have vengeance. And so God says, you just go after the things that are good. If I'm pursuing what is good, that's how I'm thankful. I'll be thankful when I am pursuing things that are good because, we'll see this in just a minute, I'm looking for the good. So the question is, am I focusing on the evil or am I looking for the good? So he says, pursue the things that are good. Then he says, pray without ceasing. Well, number one, back up, rejoice always. This is what I give. In everything where I'm going to be thankful, rejoice. Have joy, like I said this morning. It's the inner part, joy, that produces real thankfulness. Number three, pray without ceasing. In all of those things that we're going to see in a moment, in every bit of this, in all of the circumstances of life, be sure that you're in prayer. Be sure that you can pray and talk to God and say, I need your help. It's a constant connection. And that's one way to remain thankful. If, if I'm not a thankful person, maybe I can pray that God would help me to be. When Jesus gave the prayer in Matthew chapter 6, it sometimes is called the model prayer. That prayer has some things in it that are really just meant for me to help me. For instance, when he says to be thankful for daily food, is my prayer of thanksgiving for food what gets me my food? Well, no. There are plenty of people who get food and never pray for it. Now, admittedly, I'm always impressed when I go to restaurants and I see people who pause for prayer. It happened today where we were. And as I was leaving, a man was leading his family in prayer. So, what is the point of it then? Why did he say that we should do that? Because it's for me. When I pray that constantly, I am reminded that God is the source. It's the same thing that happens, as we said this morning, when parents teach you to, be, to say thank you. Tell your kids, say thank you. Why? Because they are thankful? No. But because they keep saying it enough, it will get a part of them, and they will help to become thankful people. God wants us to pray. And in saying those kinds of things in prayer, it will help us to develop that. So pray for that. In everything, give thanks. Don't leave out anything. There is nothing that we can't give thanks for somehow. And that's what we're going to pursue. Because why? This is the will of God. What is the will of God? This is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. You know what I think he's saying here? I think God is saying it is his will through Jesus that we learn to be thankful people. Think how powerful it is to be a thankful person. Think about all the people in your life with whom you deal. And when they return something that, that says thank you, when they say that, that's just a pick-me-up. That's just a 
powerful and solid thing. If people all day long are saying thank you to each other and appreciating each other and offering encouragement in those ways, think what it does for the day and for the people and for those situations. God wants me to be a thankful person. That's His will for me. But now I want to notice in everything. Now, back up to verse 14 and things get tough. This is where the proverbial rubber hits the road. He gives us a bunch of situations here. And after giving us these terrible, rough, difficult things, he says, give thanks. So for the next few minutes, I want us to figure out how to be thankful, why to be thankful in these situations, and then what will it do for us? Now, I would encourage you, as you think about these, write down a few. And if you want to provide me a list of things, I'd love to have it. Now, it would be very beneficial, I think, for us to be able to see, all right, this is what I can do. Here's how I can do it. If I'm struggling with being a thankful person, well, let me give you a few ideas. I think they're here. And I think we can see what he's talking about. So, all right, number one. Warn those who are unruly. Well, now, how can I be thankful in situations that are just totally out of order? Chaos, difficulty, things aren't working right, the structure is gone. How can I be thankful in that? See, if I can learn to find ways to be thankful in these difficult things, I'll find ways to be thankful in my life a whole lot more easily. It's easy to be thankful for the good things. It's tough to be thankful when things aren't good. So when things are out of order, this word unruly literally means to break rank. This is the word used for a soldier who deserted his post. He broke rank. A, a soldier who, who ran when the enemy approached and left a whole opening in the line of defense. Chaotic. Now, you know what that's like. When you have a hole in your life, when you allow something in and things get to be out of order and out of structure and, and things are just going crazy and it's not how you want it to be. How can I be thankful in a chaotic, out of order situation? Well, anybody, uh, let me give you my philosophy of life in this area. I have decided that you may not be real parents until you have more children than you have parents in a home. You think about that a minute. Two parents and two children, it's a one-on-one -on -one situation. You can win that. Three kids and two parents, you're in trouble. One of them's going to get through the cracks if you're not careful. 
And then some go and have four and five and six and seven, and they've lost their minds. It's just how it works. So see, every single one of us, even if you only have one, a child, even though you want it, you pray for the child, you prepare, it's chaotic. It messes up your structure. It, it changes the dynamics of your home. But yet, in that chaotic, out-of-order situation, can you be thankful? Oh, sure. We all have been because, number one, I can learn to be thankful when things are out of order because I can say, God, thank you for letting me have things that can get out of order. Well, if you didn't have anything, there are people who don't. They might enjoy having things out of order because it means they have things to get out of order. If I am a thankful person and I'm looking to be thankful even in those situations, look at what you have and go, hey, at least I have something that I can say is out of order. Number two, I can be thankful that I was taught what order is. Back to that family. You know what? Those kids never learned how to live in life. They had to learn so many basic things. The 30-year-old son wrote a letter when his parents were on trial that was read at the end. And at 30 years old, he said, Mom and Dad, I finally learned to ride a bicycle. Now you think about that for a minute. He grew up his whole life, and those little basic things never was taught. So I was taught when things are out of order. And I can be thankful that I know what it means to be out of order. Number three, when things are not in order, I can be thankful that someone wants me to put them in order. Because I was taught that too. And I think you were too. Be thankful for friends and family who encouraged you to be an orderly person because it helps you in your life. Now, that doesn't mean we're all extremely organized and extremely orderly. Although, Brett walked in my office the other day and he goes, what's up with your office? What do you mean? It's clean. I said, well, I've been doing some straightening. Um, it's one of those things that's never, it's always been in my head, I'm gonna do it. And I'm one of these guys that's very organized up here, very organized up here and usually disorganized out here. I don't know what the disconnect is, but it's there. Maybe you are too. But you know that you ought to be. And in those moments, I can sit back and I can say, well, at least I'm glad that someone taught me that I don't need to live in disorder and they want me to be better. That's a way to be thankful in chaos. So see, you can be thankful even when things are out of order. Number two, comfort the faint-hearted. 
I'm glad Titus is here. You, I don't know if Titus will believe this or not. Well, he will, because he, he knows I tell the truth. So I'm reading about faint-hearted today. And the commentator said, these people are pusillanimous. <laughs> Some people are remembering this. Yeah, pusillanimous. That's a Titus word. That's what this is. These are people who have decided that they're, they're worthless. They failed. They're miserable. And they've given up. They're feeble-minded. They don't know. They can't figure it out. They're in real trouble. And notice what he says, comfort those who are faint-hearted. If I'm going to be thankful when I come across a situation where things are failure, when things have just not worked, when I'm having a difficult time making things fit the way that I want them to fit, I've lost my courage. I'm faint-hearted. How can I be thankful in those situations? Well, I can be thankful that I know that I need to be courageous. I can be thankful that I know that, that I need to be one who is stable, who is solid, who can do better. I can be thankful that I want to be courageous. I don't want to be feeble-minded. I don't want somebody to look at me and say, you're defeated, you're downtrodden, and you can't win. I don't want to be that way. And so I can be thankful to know that I need and want to be courageous in tough times in life. Number two, every one of us can be thankful that we have experienced times where we've been successful. And we can use that to be better. Often, when talking with people going through very difficult times, I talk about little victories. We all want big victories. We all want the really big stuff that's life-changing and life-altering. Boy, we really want that. But sometimes what we need is just this little victory right here. I need this little win. I need this little thing. And if I can stack up a few little ones and then turn around and look at them, those little bitty victories look like something bigger. So I can be thankful in times when I am experiencing frustration with my own lack of courage and my own failures by recalling times when I did overcome so that I can use that to overcome for this situation. I can be thankful even when it appears that the courage is gone, whether I face it in me or in somebody else. Number three, uphold the weak. This word weak means lack of resources. It's a person who just doesn't have what they need. Their resources are drained. Maybe they don't even know 
what they're missing. They just know they don't have what they need. Calvin Baldwin, in just having his surgery, is weaker. And he's going to have to learn to deal with that weakness. Ron Kincaid had the exact same thing. You know, it's difficult for anybody, but I'm thinking about it from the man standpoint. It's very difficult for Ron to sit in a wheelchair while I clean his garage. That's not easy. That's tough. Calvin's going to experience the same thing. But we all have those kinds of situations. And it's, they don't have the resources. Sometimes it's physically, sometimes it's spiritually. I can be thankful even in those times when it appears that I'm just really weak or there's weakness all around me and lack of resources. I can be thankful because I know where to go to find a way to fix it. I can be thankful that I know how to fix that way. I know how to go find the resources. I can connect myself or I can connect somebody else to the resources that they need. And I can be thankful for the times that I can do that. I can be thankful that I have taken advantage of resources in my past when my life had some holes when I didn't have the resources I need. And somebody said, here, let me help you. Even in times when I am weak, my resources have failed me. I don't know what to do. I can find a way to be thankful. Finally, number four, be patient with all. Be patient with all. Life just continually throws things at us that offer us an opportunity to be patient. So obviously, one thing I can do to say, how can I be thankful when I'm constantly having to practice patience? Well, I can be thankful that there's, again, something in my life worth being patient for. Spouse, children, friend, a job, vehicles that just don't seem to work right or keep hitting deer. I mean, you know, we all have kinds of stuff like that. But at least I have things going on that make me be patient. I could just have nothing in my life to challenge me at all. And I can be thankful that in those times when I'm having to be patient with people, I can be thankful. And maybe this is the main thing. Maybe it's in that moment that I can say and pray to God, God, Thank you for this opportunity to deepen my reserve of patience. 
If I can look at a difficult situation and I can thank God that in this moment, right here, I have an opportunity to strengthen my ability to be patient. That is a way to learn to be thankful. Rather than dreading it, rather than being upset, rather than losing control because things are not working and it's just getting on my last nerve. Stop it. And say, God, at this moment right here, help me improve my patience. I grew up with a father who had a quick temper. Now, those of you who know him, there's no way you would ever know that he ever was that way. But I remember very distinctly in high school, he came to us boys and he said, boys, this church has asked me to serve as an elder of this church. I admit I have a temper problem and I've got to work on it. And you're part of the problem. <laughs> I said, I get that, I get that. Of course, I always said, oh, it's my two brothers. That's the real trouble down there, Dad, you know? And then I watched. And I watched a man beat it. I mean, beat it into the ground. You know why? Because he chose to, number one. And number two, I'm convinced that he was constantly using his interactions with us to grow his patience. And as he was patient here, it gave him some strength. And he used that bit of patience to this one and this one. And finally, it's just not even an issue anymore. So I can be thankful. The point of all this, we believe in Scripture. And if God said, in everything, give thanks. Let's don't water it down. Let's find a way in everything to give thanks for something. That doesn't mean we like where we are. doesn't mean we're satisfied with it. It doesn't mean we're not going to fix it. It just means I'm first going to find a way to be thankful. If I can do that, it improves the rest of my life. In everything, give thanks. It is interesting, isn't it? That the cross of Calvary is... A conundrum. It's the worst possible thing that a person could go through. And yet it's the greatest thing that ever happened. Can you give thanks for the nails that held him to the cross? Can you give thanks for the spear that pierced his side? Can you give thanks for the blasphemous words that were hurled at him from below? Well, maybe not those specifics, but I can find a way to be thankful because without it, we'd all be just totally undone. We can be thankful in everything.
we can help you tonight. We sing for your encouragement. Let's stand together. We hope you enjoyed today's broadcast brought to you by the Richmond Church of Christ. We are located at 1500 Lancaster Road in Richmond, Kentucky. We meet on Sunday mornings for Bible class at 9 a.m., followed by our morning worship service held at 10 a.m. Our Sunday evening service is held at 6 p.m., and our midweek Bible study is held on Wednesday at 7 p.m. If you are in the area, we would love to have you as our honored guest. Thanks for listening.